Well, good morning. Let us go ahead and uh, get started this morning. Let's open with a word, word of prayer. Father God, we just love you so much. Thanks with the change of the season, that life, new life, uh, sovereignty. I think in mercy, it's abounding. As always, Father, we're always um, humbled by the opportunity that we can be um, fellowship of believers, focused in your word. Pray your spirit today will open our uh, soften our hearts, clarity of perspective, desire to uh, grow in our faith, uh, greater uh, the work for what will be before us, even uh, that we would be obedient, share and study together in your word. Thank you. Uh, I wanted, I think I shared just a little bit with uh, those that were not here last week, covered last week, in our study in God's discipline, part of our continuation and focus on intimacy growing confidence that we have in that intimacy and how God is going to sort of clearly see, show us how he develops that. And last week, and we spent time in God's word last week looking at terms. And uh, it was kind of, Mark and I laughed, kind of he gave me a shot when we sat next to each other in church because the song um, specifically talked about storms of life and it was just, once again, the Holy Spirit is working. <laughs> he is working in our midst. And so... I, I think today, as we continue in our discussion, is that there are things every day, things that yesterday and things of today, that this to effective as we move in our own lives. Some of the things I'm, I'm going to share are personal uh, today, and I want to qualify that as, as I have things at the same time, is that this week, uh, last night, and we spent four hours together, just was, uh, I shared with them how God was, how God was growing me trial in their lives. We talked about that last week. Every time that I continue to send this, again, keeps pointing to the heart of God's greater purpose of instruction that are way beyond knowledge of that. Today, even when we talk about Job, for example, in his life, yet within our lifetime, and even when we go to be with him, we may not know what God was doing, disciplining us in, in a way that was... So last week, last week we had some sort of... Uh, I had several different opening questions that were opening to challenge us to, to, in our thinking, and I wanted to open up with one today. You look at our culture. So, given our culture today, failing view of sin and righteousness, think intensifies God's discipline. So, we have our culture that we have today. Topic, okay? That I would tell you is is that it really becomes more of a prevailing view towards, related specifically towards. So, based on that open-ended question, our culture today and God's discipline, both in the lives of believers and in the lives of non-believers. How do you think about that? Is it some general thoughts on it. <laughs> Up to just for your thoughts. All are. <laughs> yes. Yes. And the pers- and just for holiness and righteousness. That's intensifying. I mean, it does go up that. That is true. Three things. Go ahead. Personally, I would replace discipline action. Yeah. Okay, let, let, let me pull it together. You're, 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 this is exactly, you want to be able to get into it. So it's, it's a tough question to ask. But here's, I, I've been studying the Old Testament. Okay, you're camped in the Old Testament. You, 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 you get embedded into that culture to understand. And the, just the, the prevailing type of sin and the, the view towards even righteousness for Israel, wrong, but yet, but yet grace of God, the mercy of God. So what I'm getting at is, is that the, every culture, you see, in other words, what, here's my conclusion, and, and, or personal, 
is that our culture and the Bible are in conflict. What happens, in other words, this world... And so, I can give you one very specific example, okay? And I'm going to start with, you know what this is, okay? This is not a wooden spoon. It's just not any wooden spoon. This is banking spoon. Okay, this is our spanking. I'm giving you an illustration, okay, about what this statement represents up here. This is a spanking spoon. And so it was a rod of, it was an instrument of discipline. And so as I think about this little spanking spoon and the training we were involved with our children since up, and now my role even in part of the discipline of grandchildren, which is a little harder, but yet (laughs) I remember in school that the paddle was a very common instrument. Agree? I, I knew I knew this age group right here would say, "Yeah, I remember." But it, it, if this were a bunch of twenty-year-olds, how would they answer that? Are you kidding me? They would answer it as, "Absolutely not. It doesn't exist." In fact, I'm trying to remember four or five decades ago is when it was so common. So it's one example now. It's a fact is that that instructor back then had would use that instrument, and it was supported. Today, they would lose their license. So it's, it's an example of yet then. Now, let's take this example, okay? Let's just take that example. When you look at what the Bible sets forth for the means of the old spanking spoon, one who spares his rod hates loves his child in Proverbs. Folly is found is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline will drive it from him. Proverbs 22, do not withhold discipline from a child. Even if you strike him with a rod, he will not die. If you strike him with a rod, you will deliver him from death and rod and reproof impart wisdom. child who is, I'm not, I'm not uh, advocating for <laughs> abuse, or, but what I'm saying is, is this is one example of where the Bible and the culture today are in conflict. So you could apply that all the way back. It doesn't matter when. So the answer is, is not necessarily today, but what, what are those things that are prevailing today? Take any topic, abortion, homosexuality, and it goes on and on and on. We're reading about those hot, hot topics of such that it, how does that then go back to our view or to sin and righteousness? And I'm going to say a couple things about this. And by the way, the story on the spanking spoon. So Lori is with Danny in shopping cart, you know. So Lori's going down the hall, down one of the aisles, you know. And there's in the cooking aisle, and here's there. And Danny with a bunch of people around there. He goes in the innocence of a little teen child. Look, mommy, they sell spanking spoons here. <laughs> right. Okay. There's a reaction on that. And so. There's three things I just wanted to share. In that. First one is, is to recognize that when we think about discipline and think about the culture and the prevailing view of sin and right, three things. One is that, that we recognize as we study this going forward even that the culture is going to reject that. It's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to be at odds. It's going to have a conflict with what we're going to study. Right? I mean, that's it. That's the example. The second thing is to recognize that from the very beginning in Genesis all the way through is the, the fact is from Scripture teaches us God hates sin. God hates sin. 
God who hates sin. The third thing, now comes back to this grace and the mercy that Sam that you hit on. The third conclusion in this is that we recognize that God is committed. He's committed to his children, to their growth towards righteousness. Praise God for that. That that that'll be the view towards it, maybe from the outside. Yeah. Our view in this is no different than it. In other words, why? Well, that's my question. I'm, you know, you read, you keep going through, and you say, "Well, why? Why? Why?" Because like that's going to be one of the things we're going to say today is absent birth. There. So, with that, just to kind of get us going through, start into this, um, probably should get a clarification mark of how long we're going. Just. I don't know how but uh, our study overview of this topic of God's discipline, the first part of it, this is, again, not what will continue to build off of this, would be the spiritual disciplines of our life then, which is, again, the sort of the, now how do I respond to this in building on that. Um, so our objective is the same as we looked at last week, was to understand that the discipline of the Lord, it's a process. It's a process of which God is making us like. I believe that last week when we looked specifically at two, those two applications in Scripture, that it showed, the, it showed how God was completing process. How this completion in Him is that we, as we just take a sneak peek at the first few verses of Hebrews, that's what the first few verses are about. is about Jesus completing that mission. And then the discipline parts of it come following to that. So to understand that, it's the discipline of the Lord's process. So let's go from there as we kind of look at, and um, what I wanted to do is, as we approach this topic of discipline, obviously our focus uh, from Hebrews chapter 12. So just for the sake of it, if you could just turn there for one second, this will be a place that we're going to working towards. And as we, as you're, just as a quick opening statement to this as we get into defining discipline, that as we... Um, look at chapter 12 of Hebrews, and whatever time will afford us, I'll try to get through the first verses primarily up through 11. But as we look at the overview of, of chapter 12, really like I was saying in verses 1 through 3 that you're familiar with, which is, um, again, this race of faith that we started in the disciplines of God starting like in chapter 3, and this is just how my, my, my Bible is separating the topic of that. And we, in verses 1 through 3, I think we all would conclude that if we were to kind of summarize in general with this overview, what it was really this focus that the author had uh, for us to focus ourselves specifically into the author and the perfecter of our faith. And focusing then on his suffering is really the grounds for our striving. That was really then how it tees up then into... Verses 4 through 11. At least in verses 4 through 11, and that would be sort of right of focusing on, because um, when you look at that, um, I take the first verses from 12, verses 4 through 11, and I've just kind of highlighted it for you there. Okay? So you're asking a question well, on this topic of discipline of the Lord, why are we going to study Hebrews chapter 4, 12, verses 4 to 11? That's why. A lot. <laughs> There's a lot. Of, so we're going to hit that word, obviously, uh, quite a few times. But I wanted to just give you that vid start with, as we. And so, in verses four through eleven, in quick overview of this, is that it's basically taking um, our suffering 
the discipline of the Lord and transforming our view to that, specifically to these readers, these Hebrews, as far as that taking and changing the, the, the difference in contrast between Christ's suffering compared to what we're dealing with in our own lives, then this, um, you know, this change of perspective, where it's the perspectives of Christ's suffering, focusing on that as our author's perfecter, and then to recognize is that then as a result of it, what is God doing in our lives and to change the perspective of what he's doing there so that it isn't viewed as a negative, positive, but yet there are certainly situations that will continue to... So as we saw in this is that when we look at this, uh, this section of Hebrews and the emphasis on this word of discipline, and we already started to set up earlier, as far as what could we define as discipline. So I'm going to start with just some sections of this first one. When we look at this term discipline, is defined biblically as this word that is referring to this training. It has to do with this aspect of training a child. And um, Mark, I really liked in one of your notes that you had shared with me is this word shepherd that you had incorporated that into that because in a sense that really summarizes this whole aspect of this initial part of the it has to do specifically with that of a child, to correct, to cultivate, to educate, and to bring. So as we saw this key word in Hebrews, discipline, the emphasis discipline. So our, our objective then is to understand and potentially even change our perspective of that discipline. Go deeper into it, um, not necessarily you know, to look at it any other way, but that it's from God and ultimately what it's great. And when we, um, you know, I like this word, that, and I'm not a Greek, but did go and look up this, uh, this word of discipline. It really comes from this uh, paia word, which really means like a child part, this first part of the prefix of it. So this word of discipline or paideia is used just, to, again, the, the Septuagint. Kind of just go through, and Proverbs is just replete with those, uh, with these of that in several other places as well. But when you look at just some of the applications of that, it's, it's several. I just listed a fusion to kind of multiple times, and so therefore, important for us to understand the meaning of the word in its context. Everywhere from, you see similar types of words such as instruction, very things of knowledge, well as the acceptance of those, rejection, the father's discipline, all of the same types of are embedded in these that specifically will kind of draw. really liked uh, in one of the commentaries I looked at Proverbs 3, how oh, he described discipline. It was instruction or training and far from a static. First cinnamon giving notice at once that hard won. I really like that statement that it's going to be hard won, which means then that there's a challenge in that process. Um, this is not a pleasant situation to that person that's going to be receiving it. There is I like this victory part of it. That the quality of character as much as actually not invariably notes of sternness ranging from manliness correction or reproof. Kills to, I really like this is so as we now go forward in our minds is that we have a, a, some solid footings as we would even use this word of discipline that we're able to quickly discern that it takes on a lot to it. More to it. There is correction in it, and that would be, for example, might be my quick answer, you know, like if without even looking at it and studying it. That's what is discipline, correction. But to shepherd or to train that, 
sometimes that isn't necessarily. And where we would apply very quickly the disciplines might be in a training example where I'm training, like, you know, your granddaughter is training for the, Chicago, for the marathon. I don't know which one it is. Chicago. But, she's, but she's been training. So that, that's, that's a discipline of that training that she's been going through. And that one is sort of like a positive type of thing. Yeah, from that, I think we can use that as a good illustration to the fact that it's not an easy thing to cultivate, to educate, develop. As I kind of look around in our group here, what we do share is children. So I think that the best way to do is to use that as a personal type of help guide you through this more in-depth understanding. Because what is there is this deep love that you have for your child, part as a parent. Yet uh, what we're going to clearly message is, is that that's exactly this parental relationship. What I look, think about, I wanted to look at a couple, is that I wanted to try to talk about this reconciliation of this resting and wrestling, wrestling instead of fighting that Paul would use, but that's, I like that word. Um, in Matthew chapter 11, this is, uh, I'm reading New King James, it says, come to me all you who labor, come to me all you who labor, heavy laden. Six and seven were from the passage and may have prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to the peace of God, which surpass all understanding will guard in your mind. So there is rest and peace. In contrast, keeping a look at these two passages, which should look familiar to you. This passage is Paul's what? I fought the good fight, right? Luke chapter 13, verse uh, 2024. In that passage in Luke, 24, strive to enter through the narrow gate. For many, I say to you, will seek to enter. This, this striving that he's talking about is this, this is the wrestling, struggling that we're going through. And this situation is, is that um, how do you reconcile these two? Resting in this peace, this resting of our soul, with this striving and this wrestling that is going on. Talk to uh, how can you be passive even in you know, a situation that is a memorial, as an example, within a struggle itself? So yet within this is that we see clearly from this is that what God wants us to do is to reconcile the two. The aim of our wrestling life should be the, the, the promises. It's the resting in God's promise. And that I have to, I have to work at that. Major principles I have. Talked about it and ladies struggle always landed. I was struggling, doesn't always land there. Right. Sometimes I I shouldn't, and God continues me up here, will by talking like you know, questioning. I know Go in it, you know. Absolutely. And, and Absolutely. I, I, I like the really I recently I liked that one uh, gravitate towards that he said it was hard one. I, I look at that and I'm saying, Okay, this is my this is my wrestling is the hard part. One is the victory. This is this resting in promises, you know, and so therefore it is, it is my soul. It's just sort of, but realizing it's still a responsibility. I, I'm in that fight. And so when Paul would articulate that by saying, or seven, that I have fought the fight, the good fight himself is that he has, it's lifetime for him. I mean, he has gone through that. But to me, it also reflects, he's articulating rest in it. Isn't that a restful statement, though, mm-hmm. by him saying that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wrestling through your type of progress you gain from that rest and progress in me in order for it to be complete. That, I'm so glad you said that because that's where I'm at. Person, 
that third point is where I am at today. Spirit, I think God that He. In other words, when that third point of this sin and righteousness, and that what He has committed to, He is committed to this process to complete His mission, salvation complete. So when you you can rest in that knowledge of it. And I would liken it to, to um, you know, the coaches in your life. So I had coaches, and coaches that never gave up, they just were constantly, at times, <laughs> I didn't want to hear it. I wanted, I rejected it. Yet, it is those that never gave up. I thank you for that point, because that, it, it nails down to ultimately what, what he is saying in Hebrews 12.10, which we'll get to, for they indeed for a few days chastened us as seemed best to them. But God, he, for our profit, that we may be partakers of his holiness. That is, that's, that righteousness. What we want to, I want to unpack that in this ahead is that to unpack, how did we process it that way? In other words, what it comes into is somewhere is sin and that sin itself. Or that sin is, you know, there's a pride issue or whatever it might be, that we're going to reject that. When I go back to the, the opening question on that, and, and using the spanking thing. So today, this is what my I believe, my opinion, coming from an educational career, that we're around children for 30 older children, okay? Not elementary kids, but the high school kids. But I'm going to tell you that the kids that I worked with, when in the kids that I had interacted with in 14 and 2015, and what's happened is... This my opinion, okay, is that this, you can almost chart it out, is that this discipline is not something that exists as we know at a very young age. There's other alternatives. To be able to. So what's happening is, is that I'm seeing it, so I'm answering my own question by saying is that I do believe discipline is intensifying in some of those situations as we're seeing with children, behavior, where they're at today, because at an early age they were not being disciplined appropriately. That's just my thoughts on it. I'm not asking you to say yeah or no, but um, I'm saying what? Why are these? Why are these kids different? I'm not saying that there wasn't the same things. Um, that might have been an example of what I would say is is that so is God ratcheting it up the intensity of discipline in certain situations? Possibly. Okay, well, let's uh, let's answer together this one. I don't have a specific answer written down, so we can write down left you just a sneak a little peek of thoughts on this that. This question is, is that, so when we talk about discipline, and let's go ahead and let's separate the word punishment with the word discipline, and let's, let's define them. What's the, some of the differences that you could represent between the two? Yeah, no, I, I, I like that. Uh, what is that? I'm trying to think. Whatever word that is, I couldn't say it. Um, and again, I just, only because, believe me, I, my mom didn't have a spanking spoon, but she had a uh, Tupperware, the old Tupperware, remember the big cake head of, had a big hole, it was about that long, and it, that thing would come off of that big plastic, and that thing. Was, that was. That was. Nigeria, we had <laughs> rubber tire strips this long for handle. Uh, and they, wrapped, they wrapped around and they put big holes. So when the, when the, whenever the, whatever the object, when it came out, the it was intended to to change a behavior, obviously, right? same time, and so that would be this punishment, 
in there. At the same time, the discipline part of it, it was that there was more to it, right? It was a, a goal to restore. And a, a, not only is it, so now it's more than just a behavioral thing. It's really like a character tend to change in there. What might be some other things to add to this? So my part of my response to the discipline is kind of, so it, I'm going to restate this. You know, just contrast the two. But what you're saying is, is this punishment is this, it's God the judge versus God the father. Son is to see that clearly. I like that. Yeah, and, and, and to add to that, another another picture I would have is you know stemming from. So when I would think of this judgment, when I, in other words, it's stemming from God's wrath towards sin, as opposed to discipline. It's stemming from God's love for His children. I tell you what changed. Let me answer you. What changed <laughs> earth, That's and right. what changed is the fact that now what this 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 stemming from wrath of punishment, hate it. So all of a sudden now, as believers, you get it. That's a perspective on that fact that it is our Redeemer's, our sacri- His sacrifice. That's what Hebrews is saying at the beginning. It's what He endured for us. And so with that then, now let's talk about disciplined life. Because now it totally changes the perspective. And I am saying... Again, personally, that what happens is is that our culture conflicts with that, constantly not bring them into reconciliation. And so it creeps in. It creeps into every aspect of our lives. And so we're, we're all about growing in our intimacy with God. It is that relationship. But absent a depth and understanding to that perspective, it is a result of it, no different than the Hebrews. The author of Hebrews is writing to them, saying, look, we haven't suffered yet, as of yet. I don't know, we don't know what's ahead. We've seen that in Jesus' teaching to his disciples. It's sort of getting them ready for what was yet to come. Absent that, that depth of understanding and this resting in the promises, which we'll, we're going to see in here, it comes back to... Let's build on that, because... I want to go ahead. I'm embarrassed to say that we're, I, I was going to do last week, even. But th- this is this is how I was hoping that we would engage in this because. But let, I wanted to just go ahead and give you these purposes because what this conversation that we've had in our discussion and your responses that you've hit on these types of purposes that we can see specifically in Scripture or how God is using and what he purposes to do in discipline. Because we've talked, we've talked about um, the, the child training and the correction and the discipline that we, and it is primarily, what I've heard is, is it's, it's to refine. It's to address a problem, right? And when you look at those passages, for example, in 1 Corinthians 11, they were, they were making a mockery of the Lord's Supper, Right? In that, in that passage in 1 Corinthians 11, so the church in, in Corinth was immature. They were carnal. It is the childlikeness, right? It's the childlikeness that Paul is addressing this, and this is where God intervenes specifically. So he is working to correct the prevention of sin, literally. I mean, this is, you know, this is the, it's in 2 Corinthians 12. Um, that's a good passage to look at. 2 Corinthians 12, it's sort of like these things that God puts in our lives that just keep us from getting in trouble. 
2 Corinthians 12, verses 7 to 10. Lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me as a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. He said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. Strength is made perfect. Therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast in my infirmities. Hour of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, persecutions, injustice for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, it's our pride. And Paul was saying, Lord, part of this is that I need, I need these big, tall fences in my life. Big, tall ones. To help. Um, we had the kids, we would pray for real short leashes, you know. So they couldn't get too, you know, you could just close. I like those toker collars, you know. They're really, they got the little points on them. You just get, it brings it back in this. That to me is this, this prevention of sin. And Paul was, we need these things. It's to humble them. About, again, how you're disciplining your kids, the arrogance, you know. And so you're having to keep in prayerfully to go about that in such a way. Purposes are is to sin something that may lead to some any thoughts on that yeah well we can come back to it this is i love this picture in job you know so job chapter one is blameless right and, and god allows him allows satan cause suffering in his life but in the end of 42 what happens in 42 and i want you to think about this that's what I, how i started earlier is that we go through a lifetime of circumstances and to the degree they could be devastating Job's life. We can read about it, know what God's purposes were. Did he know? So it's it's no different than what I like about chapter 11 of Hebrews, that when we have these witnesses, this, this cloud of witnesses, I don't believe that the, the focus of chapter 12 is to focus on those cloud of witnesses. It is to focus on Jesus Christ but yet to give those as examples that they didn't know. And all of the things, the bad things, the ugly things that happened, and we'll look at some of those passages that are caused by evil people in their life. Results of that. So, educate and teach us. And finally, to share in His holiness, 1 Peter 1. Ultimately, this is again, is ultimately God is committed to our righteousness. Picture. But it's, it's, it needs to be fun. We'll put a marker across it there. I'm, I'm, I'm at this point. Uh, at least you know now where we're going to go with Hebrews, <laughs> first couple verses here, uh, to get us going through that. And uh, thoughts or comments? One comment in closing. Yeah. Carol, can I ask you to?